Are you ready for the Word of God? Because I am ready. For those of you who might have missed, sorry, you might have missed what we have been through in the last three Sundays now, or two Sundays, this is the third Sunday. We have been reflecting and preaching on the Word of God in the book of Habakkuk. So if you have your Bibles now, why don't you turn to the book of Habakkuk? It is in the Old Testament. And just to keep you on speed, or to speed, right now, or first Sunday of August, we talked about Habakkuk chapter 1. And in that chapter, we realize that we are all facing real times. But in real times, pwede tayong mag-real talk kay Lord. And alam natin, real ang ating Diyos na sinasamba. So we face the chaotic times in grace because we have this privilege to worship the Lord even in the most intense of crisis. Now talking about worship, i-appreciate na i-appreciate natin ang ating Levites, ang ating worship leaders for uh, leading us in today's worship. You, you guys look so good in your Filipiniana. Hihiram na lang sana ako para may naka-Filipiniana rin ako ngayong araw. But thank you always, Levites, for ushering us into the presence of the Lord. And we realized when we were talking about Habakkuk chapter 1, na kung talagang pinakamadilim ang pinagdadaanan ng bansa, lalo tayong dapat manikluhod sa presensya ng Panginoon. Now, talking about real times, I'm sure you have been glued to your television. Last week, more than a week ago, we have heard of the devastating inferno that ripped through Maui, one of the islands of Hawaii. And our hearts could not but be broken and are still being broken to realize that isang iglap lang pwedeng matupok ang lahat ng yung mga pangarap. Noel, are we ready with the sounds? Let's just watch this uh, less than two-minute film clip. And we have the lights off, please. Just for us to realize how far-reaching the effects of these wildfire in Maui has been. Jesus, please help us. This morning, as new videos show the inferno that engulfed Lahaina and how residents spent hours in the ocean to survive, anger is growing. How did the nation's deadliest wildfire happen with no warning? Did you get any no. type of alert? No, no, no. 73-year-old Elizabeth Kahani, a grandmother, says no. she was so scared when she escaped, she didn't realize her face and arm were burned. Firefighters rescued her, treating her wounds, but her brother, Rodolfo Rokutan, is still missing. She's pleading for any word from him. I'm so worried about everybody. Hopefully, you're still alive. The search for the missing and dead is just getting started. Canine cadaver dogs arriving over the weekend and police announcing just 3% of Lahaina has been searched. Are you saying we're just at the beginning of this disaster? So for the first few days, we had done searches in the streets and the cars that were in the area. <laughs> but we couldn't enter any structures. I know everybody, what's that final number? We're, oh, it's yeah, going to take us a while to get there. More than 2,700 structures have been destroyed, most of them homes. Residents desperate to get back. They're not moving fast enough. Yeah, they're not. It's just, it's, just, it's been too long. It's been six lacking. days. The King family lost their home. Their kids rescued by their friend and neighbor, Rafa Ochoa. 
They are all staying together with friends, three families under one roof, and he's angry at local leaders. Where were you guys? No. Where were you guys to, to try and get us out, evacuate us? No. We're mad. We're mad. No, we didn't just lose our homes. We lost our town. The cause of the blaze is still under investigation. Videos shot from the water show both how bad the fire was, but also how strong the wind was blowing. We're in the ocean. 19-year-old Noah Tompkinson and his 13-year-old brother Milo spent hours in the water, along with their mother, escaping the flames. It's all right. At one point, their mother started to get cold. We kind of like all huddled around her and just wanted to like keep her warm. Has your mom talked to you guys and, and thanked you for being by her side? We didn't save her, she also saved us. Okay. If any of us were alone, I don't right, on fire. know if we would have made it. White smoke starting to come, which means... Lights on, please. Now, these are sobering real times for all of us. No warning. In the middle of summer, in Hawaii because of a hurricane that was brewing in the southern part of of the globe hinihila or hinihipan ng malakas na hangin ang wildfires that broke out in their nearby forests now pastor Jonathan and I were talking about this last week Maui is very close to pastor Jonathan's heart because he spent one month there when pastor Jonathan went to Hagai for his leadership seminar or training now, times can be so bad. That was the time during Habakkuk when disasters could just come swooping in. And the reaction of people is that they are mad. Where are you? Of course, the guy was blaming the government. But in Habakkuk's time, his complaint was, Where are you, God? I cry, violence, but you do not save. I cry, help. But you do not listen. Real times. Real talk. But in Habakkuk 1, we realized we serve a real God who answers our petitions. Last Sunday, we talked or we dealt, we dealt on Habakkuk chapter 2. And in Habakkuk's time, even when answers were not forthcoming, he said, I'm going to gain perspective. I will grow in patience. I will try to grasp the purposes of all these painful times. So we talked about watchtower living. Habakkuk went to this rampart. And he said, Lord, I will await your word. I will await what you will have to say. But now I know that the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Again, in the midst of cataclysms, in the midst of chaos, we can still find the purpose and that of us to declare and to exclaim and to magnify the name of Jesus. Today, we're going to finish this, this um, series by now turning to Habakkuk chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, please rise. I would like to ask my wife once again, to help me read through Habakkuk chapter 3. We will be reading this together. Habakkuk chapter 3. This is, will be a long read. We will be reading through the whole chapter 3. 
Habakkuk chapter 3, NIV. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigenoth. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timan, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from His hand where His power was hidden. Plague went before Him. Pestilence followed His steps. He sued and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. His ways are eternal. I saw the tents of Cushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, O Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode with your horses and your victorious chariots? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. Selah. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lighting of your flashing spear. In wrath, you strode through the earth, and in anger, you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. Selah. With his own spear, you pierced his head with his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the rich who were in hiding. You trembled the sea with your horses, turning the great waters. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay creeped into my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. I have entitled the last installment of Habakkuk, Communion, Connection, Coronation. How do we face the chaotic times in grace? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you once again for your word is alive, ever sharper than a double-edged sword. Your word is as relevant as it was first spoken, as it is now, Lord, to the present-day hearers. Today, Lord, we admit that with our eyes we see the chaos. With our perceptions, Lord, we see how troubled this world can be. But Lord, thank you for allowing us 
to lift our vista and see the wondrous works of your hands. Today, Lord, we pray for the people of Maui, for those that are yet to recover the dead, for those that have been displaced. Even right now, Lord, we pray for the people of the north in Abra, in Isabella, in Tugigarao, in the Ilocos regions, whose lives have been vastly affected by these storms that just passed. Oh, Lord, there are just so many unanswered questions. But today, Lord, you have filled our hearts once again with faith. As we have sung songs unto you, as we have read this word, even right now, Lord, your faith overwhelms your people. Your spirit overwhelms our hearts. Speak now, O Lord. Your children are listening. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everyone will say, Amen. Palapakan natin si Lord, mga kapatid. Thank you, my love. So keep your hands in um, Habakkuk chapter 3 because I will not be departing from that chapter. In the few minutes that we have left, we're going to unearth the wondrous treasures of the Word of God that hopefully will once again speak to our hearts. Three things. When times are chaotic, when times are volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, we long for that communion with God we long for that connection with the Spirit and we look ahead to the coronation of the saints of the Lord. For me, sa mga binasa natin kanina, ang central verse, when I've been reviewing this again and again, ang central verse that ties all of these verses together, not only in chapter 3, but the entire three chapters of Habakkuk, is the one that we read in the last verse of this very last chapter of the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. Can we read this out loud, please? The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. That despite all the shakings, despite all of these volatility that we see all around us, the Lord has given us the imagery of a deer. The sure-footedness. Na hindi ka kailanman matitinag. Yanigin man ang iyong mundo. Kumulapso man ang lahat ng, ng pinakaasahan mong economic pillars of the society. Gumuho man ang iyong pagtitiwala sa mga political leaders as that Maui guy was just ranting. Where are you, government people? Why didn't you come to our rescue? But we realize right now that in the midst of our disillusionments, in our heartaches, in our heartbreaks, in our frustrations in life, in the weight that we carry on our shoulders, it is the Sovereign Lord who is the very source of our strength. He's the one that makes us agile. He's the one that allows us to be adaptable to the seasons and the circumstances that come along our way, He's the one that enables His children to face the coming days with fortitude of spirit, of strength, of character, and never give in, and never give up, and never give in to discouragements, for we know the Lord is upon us in all of these moments. So once again, as we read through Habakkuk chapter 3, 
the first question that we should ask as readers, so what did this mean to the original hearers? The original hearers whose hearts were pounding, whose lips were quivering, whose legs were trembling because now they could hear the marching of a hundred thousand or more soldiers of Nebuchadnezzar. Babylon was coming. So in Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk says, Lord, why Babylon? Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk would say, Okay, Lord, tanggap ko na ang si Babylon ang gagamitin po, pero nagtitiwala ako. Paparusahan mo rin si Babylon. And still, with all of these pontifications, yung kanyang pagninilay-nilay sa kagalingan ng Diyos, still, he could not help but tremble and quake in the midst of this impending, imminent calamity. What did this mean to the original hearers? Three points that I gathered from the entire third chapter of Habakkuk. Number one, it must have meant that the people of Israel were longing for the very presence of God. That's where I got the word communion. In the midst of their problems, nawala silang ibang matakbuhan. Kumukulapso na ang kingdom of southern Israel. Babylon was unstoppable. Their downfall was inevitable. But to the original hearers, when Habakkuk was now preaching and sharing these oracles to the people, it must have spoken to their hearts so loudly and it must have reflected the longing of the people for the presence of God. I believe I am speaking to some of you today, if not many of you today. Kadalasan pag ang buhay ay masaya, pag ang buhay ay maginhawa, pag ang buhay ay magaan at walang problemang kinakaharap, hindi natin masyadong inaasam ang presensya ng Diyos. Why? Because we have no reason to. We have no motivation to. But now, when things are collapsing, when the bank account is fast depleting, when the cupboard is fast emptying, when that ref is now almost zero, when that bill is almost going to be called and makakatan ka na ng miralko, now you know you will long for the presence of God more than anybody else and know in more than anything else in your life. Habakkuk would now say, Lord, I heard of your pain. Stop there for a while. In the midst of these problems, Habakkuk started saying, Lord, marami na akong narinig sa'yo. Past tense. It's as if like, Lord, kung kwento lang, kung narrative lang, kung preaching lang, ang dami ko nang narinig na preaching tungkol sa yung kapangyarihan. But Lord, this is still a second-hand, if not a third-hand information. I have heard of your fame. As a matter of fact, Lord, whenever I, whenever I look around, I stand in awe of your deeds. But Lord, sabi ni Habakkuk, Lord, will you have the grace to renew them in our day? Would you have the grace that in our time, you make them known to us? Oh Lord, in your wrath, Lord, please remember mercy. Kasi kung pantaong pangtingin lang ang iiral, Ang makikita lang sabi ni Habakkuk ay ang wrath ng Panginoon. Ang kanyang puot, ang kanyang galit, ang kanyang pagkastigo, ang kanyang pagkasuklam sa sobra-sobrang nag-uumapaw na kasalanan ng southern Israel. 
But Lord, I have heard about the stories of our covenant fathers. I've heard the stories of the patriarchs, of how you intervened, of how you moved, how you have been in awe, how the people of Israel had been in awe of your deeds. Lord, I pray, today, can you renew it? Lord, ipamalas mong muli ang iyong mga himala, katulad ng iyong pagpapamalas ng iyong habag sa mga nakalipas na salinlahi. And maybe that's your prayer today, my friends. It was relevant during the time of the first hearers. It is still as important to the present day ones. We are longing for the presence of God. Another reason, another take of those that first heard this oracle from Habakkuk. It must have been a renewal of confidence in the God of history. And that's where I get the word connection. Lord, I know that you're a God of history. Kung titinan namin ang Talmud, kung titinan namin ang Torah, sabi ni Habakkuk, lahat na lang from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the book of Numbers, all of these first and second chronicles, first and second kings, first and second Samuel, Lord, all of these historical records will never deny and would never deny that you are a God of history. You are very much intertwined with the history of your people. So Lord, allow us to connect with you once again. So when Habakkuk says, you came from Teman, the Holy One, from Mount Paran, Selah. What is he saying here? He's recalling God's covenant with Abraham. When the Lord met with Abraham, his glory covered the heavens, his praise filled the earth, his splendor was like the sunrise, rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden, plague went before him, pestilence followed his steps. Oh, you came to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. Sela. Sela means pause. What was Habakkuk trying to recall here? He was trying to recall not only the time of Abraham, but even the time of Moses in Exodus. Lord, narinig ko, nabasa namin na ikwento sa akin, Panginoon, kung paano mo niyanig ang mundo, kung paano ang plagues of Egypt left the most powerful nation at the time helpless. Lord, narinig namin kung paano pinarusahan ng Pharaoh Kung paano nawala ang kanyang firstborn, kung paano mo tinakpan ng tubig ng Red Sea. Lord, I have heard of this. So Lord, today, we're longing for that connection. Will your power again be made manifest in our times? I believe that was how Habakkuk and his people must have heard it during the time. But thirdly, not only was it a longing for the presence of God, not only was it a confidence in the God of history, it was also a reassurance of the triumph to the Savior of Israel. That this book, Habakkuk, ended by proclaiming Panginoon. Na Lord, kung gano ka naging tapat sa inyong mga hinirang ang bansang Israel, ganun din ang katapatang ibibigay niyo sa amin. Although Lord, hindi ko pa nakikita yun. But I know, I just know, because you have proven and you have shown your hand again and again all through these years that one day 
the crowning will come the coronation will come the triumph of your people will soon be made manifest and that's why Habakkuk would admit yes Lord I heard and my heart pounded my lips quivered at the sound decay crept into my bones my legs trembled yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us and now the most famous of all the verse that says and though the fig tree does not bud see it's a reality wala pa rin silang success wala pa rin silang breakthrough but though the fig tree does not bud though there are no grapes on the vine although the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls yet sabi ni Habakkuk a declaration of victory yet i will rejoice in the lord i will be joyful in god my savior come on give your praise to the lord mga kaibigan because i believe this is the prayer and this is the declaration of many of us that is that are here today there are still so many unanswered prayers there are still so many breakthroughs that have yet to be seen there are still so many successes that have yet to unravel but today we are seeing figs that do not bud olive crops that are failing we are seeing sheep that are, or pens that have no sheep or cattle that have no or um, stalls that have no cattle and yet today we are standing that because we worship the god of history a god who delivers his people a god who comes through for his people again and again we declare one day all of these pains will make sense and we will be crowned the crown of glory unto the glory of god the father in heaven amen so Habakkuk ended by saying, So the sovereign Lord is my strength. In this moment of waiting, in this season of just grasping and peering toward the future, nasa na nga ba ang mga kasagutan ng Panginoon? The Lord, meanwhile, will always remain to be my strength. I will remain sure-footed like the deer. Oh, He will make me go the heights. Communion is a reflection of our longing connection is a reflection of our confidence coronation is our reflection of our hopes for triumph the people in the time of Habakkuk must have been relieved must have been encouraged must have been strengthened by the Word of God now the second question that we've been answering for the last three Sundays now is so how are all these accomplished in Christ Jesus? Because as believers, we cannot just rush into applying everything that Habakkuk said unto our realities. That will be presumptive. We can only apply the truths in the Old Testament if we reckon it on the finished works of Christ. If we are not in Christ, kung wala tayo kay Cristo, Hindi natin pwede sabihin, oh, Lord, ginawa mo kay Habakkuk, gawin mo rin sa akin yan, ha? Ginawa mo kay, uh, kay Nebuchadnezzar yan during the time of Habakkuk, Lord, gawin mo rin sa mga kaaway ko ngayon, ha? You cannot invoke any of the promises in the Old Testament if you will not be sifting it through the finished 
victorious deeds of the Lord Jesus Christ. How are all these accomplished in Christ Jesus? Number one, when Jesus was on here on earth, and when He sensed that His people were already facing the tiredness of everyday living, the weariness of worn-out religion, when His people were now tired of all the empty religious talks but no demonstration of power, when people were being religious in the facade and yet corruption was still all around Israel at the time, Jesus would now say, don't go to your leaders, don't go to your crops, don't go to your livestock, don't trust in any human. He said, come to me. So the Lord has opened the way for his people. All of you who are weary, all of you who are burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. That's why we can invoke the triumph in Habakkuk's time because Jesus has opened the door for us. Communion, yes, in Jesus, that longing has been fulfilled. Jesus would say, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and when you come to me, you will find rest for your souls. This is the word of the Lord for everyone that is here today. Thank you, Pastor Niki, for being so sensitive in your spirit that really today, as Pastor Niki was enumerating all of these prayer items, I found myself raising my hand in almost every prayer item that Pastor Niki was mentioning that we should hold before the Lord. Because I am feeling weary. I have been feeling tired. I have been feeling worn out. Not because I did bad things, but because of the business and the demands of ministry, of family life, of just living here on earth. It is tiresome. It is labor, laborious. It is demanding. So, if you would like to invoke the rest of the Lord in your present day moments, go to Jesus. Because Jesus extends His hand to all who are listening, even to you, my friend, in the online service. The Lord says, come to me and learn from me and I will give you rest. In Jesus, our longing for communion has been fulfilled. Amen? Everybody say amen. Lord, In Jesus, the Apostle Paul would say, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but more than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Romans chapter 8, 34. So another one, another source of the laboriousness of life, yung kapagalan ng buhay, the feeling na parang hanggang ngayon, nakukondem ka pa rin ng lahat ng mga pinagdaanan mong kasalanan. Oh, in the time of Habakkuk, the condemnation must have been so intense. Siguro talagang, Deserve natin ang lahat ng sumpang ito. Kaya darating ang kaparusahan. And maybe today, if you are not yet in Christ, you, must, you might have been coming to church Sunday after Sunday. You might have been entertained, if not amazed, by the preaching of the Word of God or by the singing of the songs. But if you'll just admit, my friend, in your heart right now, there's still so much condemnation. Today, my friend, we have this connection with God. Because in Jesus who is our eternal intercessor, 
our assurance that God has accepted us, that assurance has been renewed. Hindi na galit ang Diyos sa iyo. Dahil kung anuman ang ikinagalit ng Diyos sa mga kasalanan ginawa mo, ipinako niya yon kay Lord Jesus Christ when He died for us in the cross of Calvary. He died for you, my friend. But more than that, according to Romans chapter 8, He rose from the dead. Meaning, kung anuman ang kanyang binayaran sa krus ng Kalbaryo, ito'y katanggap-tanggap sa amang nasa langit. And therefore, there is now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. We have this connection. We have this assurance renewed. Give your praise to the Lord, mga kaibigan. Communion and connection. And thirdly, how are these accomplished in the Lord? The Apostle Paul again, in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 15, he was describing, anong ginawa ng Panginoon? Ano ba talaga ang nangyari nung siya ay namatay sa krus? Because for the mortal people, for the mere mortals, all they could see was a man so cursed, a man so forsaken. Kaya siya pinako sa krus, a man that must have done the most, the worst of crime, kaya siya pinatawa ng pinaka-worst na death penalty mode ng the time. But for Paul, he says, Jesus disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. Kaya alam natin, the cross is our coronation. It was the cross of Christ, but it was the crown of all that believes in Him. Why? Because in Jesus, kung sino man yung mga Babylons ng buhay mo, kung sino man yung mga Nebuchadnezzar na umaapi sa'yo, kung sino man yung mga spiritual powers that have been cursing your family, that have been subjecting your family to so much shame and disgrace. In Jesus, the Lord already disarmed the spiritual powers of the air. He made a public spectacle of them when He died on the cross because Jesus knew He would soon be rising and all of these spiritual powers will remain defeated because Jesus alone is our victorious King. Amen? So He is our coronation. He is our victory. In Jesus, my friends, we have communion. We have rest. Our longings are fulfilled. In Jesus, we have connection with the God of history that God is still very much active in our present lives. And because of that, our assurance is renewed. In Jesus, we have our crown. Because in Him alone is our triumph assured. Give praise to Jesus, mga kaibigan. And now, I will preach to you. So what do all these mean to us now? Kung tinanggap ng panahon ni Habakkuk, na yes, parating ang kaaway, sila'y paparosahan, pero sabi ni Habakkuk, but Lord, alam ko, paparosahan mo rin ang nation na mag invade sa amin. So we now know the meaning. And now in Jesus, we now know that we have our communion, our connection, our coronation. What do all these mean to us? Paano natin ito i-apply sa pang-araw-araw nating buhay? Here is one counsel from the Word of God. Because of everything that Jesus has done, mga kapatid, you can now turn your winds 
and your wounds into worship. Say that again. Turn your wins and your wounds into worship. Now we realize in the last three Sundays now, ng buhay ng Kristiyano ay hindi kailanman magiging exempted sa mga woundings ng mundo. Yes, we will have our fair share of victories. We will have our win moments. We will have our mountaintop experiences. We will have our times when we'll stand here and testify about the goodness of the Lord. But if you will just be honest, honest with yourself, you're carrying wounds still in your soul. Wounds that may come from people that you trusted and yet they have forsaken, if not broken, your trust altogether. Your woundings might come even from your spiritual leaders. They will be there for you and yet they were not. Maybe your woundings might have come from God Himself because you conceived Him to be a God of your own making. Kaya kung hindi sinasagot ang iyong mga panalangin, feeling mo patuloy ka lang sinasaktan at binabayo at sinusugatan ng Panginoong Diyos. In Habakkuk chapters 1, 2, and 3, we now realize we can turn our wounds and our wins into worship. Na masakit man ang pinagdadaanan o magaan man ang buhay, mga kapatid, ang panawagan sa atin ng Panginoon, huwag tayong titigil sa ating pagsamba sa Kanya. Huwag tayong titigil sa paglapit sa Kanya. He's a real God who can tolerate and receive our real talk because we see the real times. But in God, we gain perspective. In God alone, we have this change of vista Mga kapatid, in God alone, we can find the purposes for our pains. But here is a counsel to all the Christians that are here. Whenever we are interacting with people outside of the church or even within the church, number one counsel, please, do not dwell on what Doksha shared with us during our devotions, toxic positivity. Pang-millennial na word, mga kapatid. I-explain ni Doc siya mamaya yan. Or meron pa siyang word kay Pastor Ivan naman. No to holy ghosting. Tanungin mo nga yung Gen X na katabi mo. Naintindihan mo ba ang lingwahe ng uh, millennial ngayon? Yan ang lingwahe ng mga millennials. Now, let me explain it. The younger pastors were explaining to me na one of the greatest turn-offs of the young people today and maybe that's the reason why young, more and more young people are staying away from the church. Is many young people perceive this toxic positivity amongst Christians. What does it mean? Na lahat ng bagay hindi pwede magsalita ng negatibo, lahat kailangan positive. Sinusugatan na, yurak na yurak na, basag na basag ka na, Oy, praise God talaga, bumagsak ang aking anak sa exam, praise God. Grabe, hindi, hindi gumaling sa cancer yung aking ano, minamahal. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, that's toxic positivity. That's not worship. That's toxic positivity. It's, try, it's like you're trying to cover up the pains of your life, the realities of your existence, instead of bringing it as honestly as we should be bringing it before the altar of God, you are covering it with religious jargon. God sees the intents of your hearts. 
God knows the real shouts of your soul. No to toxic positivity. Be real. Because if there's one thing right now that the millennials and the Gen Xers are responding to, it's about being real. Maraming mga Gen X, maraming mga uh, Gen Zs dito sa aking harap. May birthday girl pa. Si Tamtam, birthday niya ngayong araw. Happy birthday, Tamtam. Happy birthday, Tamtam. We love you. See? But the likes of Tamtam and Rafa and all of these young people, they just don't want positivity that are toxic. They want real talk. Another thing that they hate is what they call ghosting. Or worse, sabi ni Pastor Ivan, holy ghosting. Gas, sorry, gaslighting. Gas, gaslighting. Iba rin yung ghosting, di ba? Meron yung word. Tama pa rin naman ako eh. Gaslighting. Ano yung holy gaslighting? As I was, as this was being explained by Pastor Ivan, holy gaslighting is like this. Ang dami-dami kong problema, bro. Ang sagot mo, siguro hindi ka nagtatights. Kaya ka nagkakaproblema sa pera. Ang dami namin pinagdadaanan bilang pamilya. Yan, kasi wala kasing devotions time tsaka hindi nagba-Bible reading. Ginagamit or wini-weaponize ang religious jargons to inflict greater insult or greater wound or deeper injury to the people who are already injured. No to holy gaslighting, ladies and gentlemen. Huwag mong gaslight ang mga taong may pinagdadaanan. If at all, Turn your wins and your wounds into worship. If at all, just sit beside the person who is suffering. Because I have realized in my life, even when I was going through the deepest and the darkest moments of my life, I did not need anyone to remind me of the gospel because I already knew it. But the gospel that I really appreciated during these moments was the gospel of love when that brother just sat beside me held my hand as I sobbed away in grief. I have here my Ninong Nas, my best friend here in Lighthouse. I have walked, he has walked me in my toughest times. He was there when the mother of my children passed on. He was there when I was just disoriented. Ninong Nas was just there when the body of Sister Bing was being carried down from our bedroom down to the dining room and off to the ambulance that was going to take her cadaver to the crematorium. Ninong Nas didn't preach to me. Ninong Nas didn't just didn't talk to me about the strength of the Lord. He just said, Dito ka na sa akin sa makay, Pastor. He was driving. I was in the passenger seat. Luke, Rafa, and Caleb were behind. And as we were, sinusundan lang namin yung ambulansya kung nasaan nandun ang katawan ng aking first wife. And the only sound that could be heard in his car were the sobs of Rafa, Luke, Caleb, and myself. <laughs> and Ninong Nas was just holding my hand. Now, that's real gospel for me. That you can turn your wins and yes, your wounds into worship.
Amen? Another one, my friend. That as a people of the Lord, you can gather your experiences as a platform to worship God. Yesterday, I was in a... I, I, uh, I officiated a wedding of a young pastor. And obviously, they were so in love. And there were so much giggles and smiles and kilig in that, in that wedding. But when they spoke their vows, oh, not a dry, not a dry eye was in that place. Why? Because I realized, we all realized, even in their young age, this pastor of ours in Kalamba, he has already been through the toughest of moments. Moments of hunger, moments of helplessness, moments of being abandoned, moments of being betrayed, moments of just sheer disillusionment to the people that he looked up to. And yet, he would now look at his soon-to-be wife, his bride. He said, but Siddharth, in all of these times, you were there with me. Nung ako'y nagugutom, dinalhan mo ako ng Krispy Kreme at yun ang aking ikinabuhay nung araw na yun. Nung ako'y nag-a-apply for scholarship for basketball, you were there, you waited for me para lang inspired ako sa aking basketball game. Oh, you realize, my friends, all your experiences in life can be platforms for worship. And so I encourage you, having heard the word of the Lord through the book of Habakkuk, sabi nga ni Pastor Jonathan, sa aming devotion, tanggapin mong merong mga panaghoy. Pero yung mga panaghoy, itas mong yung mga panalangin. Dahil sa yung mga panalangin, mabubuhay ang yung pananampalataya. Give praise to the Lord, mga kaibigan. Turn your wins and your wounds into worship. Another one. Another preaching point for me today as I conclude this Habakkuk series. May we be a people that have the discipline to recall our Exodus stories so that we can repeal our Babylonian fears. Now you understand the context. As Habakkuk was fearing for the Babylonians, what did God remind him of? He reminded, God reminded Habakkuk of the Exodus stories, of how God was there in the time of Moses. How God trampled the sea with their horses. How God churned the great waters. That's the Exodus story. And so even as Habakkuk would admit, sabi niya, I heard, my heart pounded, my lips quivered. At the sound, decay crept into my bones. My legs trembled, yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. You see, I realized when Dr. Boyven Vista, another brother of ours, I mean in Brother Nas, when he was doing the series on mental health here in Lighthouse, sabi niya, ang brain ng tao ay parang ganun. This is the prefrontal cortex, the intelligent brain, but this is the limbic brain, which is the emotional brain. And this is the lizard brain, instinctive. Sabi niya, ang, ang goal natin bilang mga Kristiyano is to realize that when times are chaotic, the limbic brain tries to supersede the intelligent brain. Nangingibabaw ang takot. 
kaya merong anxiety, kaya merong depression, kaya merong suicidal tendencies. It's the limbic brain telling your soul, wala ka ng kwenta, tapusin mo ng buhay mo, parating na ang mga kaaway, wawakasin na lang buhay mo, unahan mo na sila. That's the limbic brain. He says, but God has given us a renewed mind. We have the prefrontal cortex. We have a mind so powerful that it can supersede. It can repel the Babylonian fears by recalling intelligently the things that God has done for you. And when you recall the God of history, how God has been there, nung walang wala ka, nandun ang Panginoon. Nung hirap na hirap ka, binigyan ni Lord ang lahat ng kailangan mo. Nung ikaw ay basag na basag, si Lord ang yumakap sa'yo hanggang sa ikaw ay mabuong muli. Your prefrontal cortex will be activated and therefore, you can turn that into worship unto the Lord. Amen? Come on, give your praise to the Lord, mga kaibigan. Let us be a people so disciplined in the way we think. Huwag natin kalilimutan ng kasaysayan na binigay sa atin ng Panginoon. I must have told this once or twice in my past preachings, but long time ago na yun. But one of my Exodus stories that I would always tell Rose and my kids is that when Luke was about four or five years old, I was still a lay pastor of Lighthouse at the time. Life was difficult. I was employed in a company and the salary was meager. But despite the meager salary, I had to juggle my, my role as a corporate guy and a pastor commuting from Ortigas to Alabang once or twice in a week. Life was just difficult. Now, to make matters worse, sa kakatalon ni Luke, Doon sa swimming pool ng aming maliit na condominium sa Mandaluyong, he developed a skin, skin illness, a skin disease. I forgot the technical term of the dermatologist. But the derma wouldn't dare touch it anymore. It had to be a doctor na mag-ooperate sa kanya. Skin lesions here in his back. 48 lesions in his back. Para siyang bulutong tubig na hindi naman bulutong tubig. Dahil nagnanana. And the derma said, you have to go to a doctor now. It had to be punctured and cuterized. I couldn't afford a private hospital. So I brought Luke to East Avenue Medical Center, a public hospital. Ang advice sa amin, dumating kami ng lunes, puno na po, kota na, balik na lang kayo bukas. Ganyan sa mga public hospital, di ba? Anong oras po? Mas maaga, mas maganda. Alas 4 ng umaga, nandun na kami ni Luke. At 4 o'clock in the morning. Because that was all I could afford. Luke was about 4, 5 years old. Very small boy. The doctors were able to see us 8 o'clock in the morning. 4 hours in the queue. Si Luke kinakati, umiiyak, nasasaktan sa kanyang lesions sa kanyang likod. And when the doctor looked at the lesions at the back of Luke, sabi ng doctor, Dad, Kailangan natin itong i-puncture para lumabas ng nana, i-cuterize, susunugin para mamatay ang bakteriya at para mag-close ang wound at lalagyan ng topical antibiotic. Sabi ko, Dok, masakit ba yun? Sabi ng doktor, natural. Lalagyan ko ng anesthesia para hindi masaktan ng iyong anak. Magkano po, Dok? Sabi niya, mahal kasi ang anesthesia, 4,500. Napalunok ako ng maraming laway dahil wala akong 4,500. Sabi ko, Doc, magkano kung walang anesthesia? 
Sabi ng doktor, 300 pesos lang. Nagkatingin ng kaming mag-ama. Sabi ko, Luke, alams na. Until today, I remember that Exodus story like it happened only yesterday. Because Luke braved that procedure because dad could not afford. Pinabaligtad lang ng doktor yung upuan, umupo si Luke ng ganyan, para yung kanyang back, libre, and nandito ang tatay, hawak-hawak ang kamay ni Lucas. For the next two hours, the doctor would now puncture the wound. Ipipress yung nana. Susunugin. And Luke would just say, He was four years old. Isa pa lang yun. 47 to go. Puncture. Cuterize. Luke would say, Ang tatay ang umiiyak, mga kapatid. Why? Sa awa ko sa anak ko at sa galit ko sa aking sarili na hindi ko man lang ma-afford ang anesthesia para sa aking anak. Two hours. But to the credit of my son, not a tear. Talagang sisigaw siya. Pero walang iyak. Nung nag-jeep na kami pabalik ng aming bahay, sabi ko, anak, ang tapang mo ha. Sabi niya, tay, pa, hawak-hawak mong kamay mo eh. Hawak-hawak mo ang kamay ko eh. The only consolation that he had was that I was holding his hands. But you see, many years later, I would always tell Luke about it and he remembers it. Kaya pala ngayon punong-puno ng tattoo ang aking anak. Walang kasakit-sakit sa pagtatattoo. Dahil kung nung four years old siya, kinaya na niya ang puncture ng doktor. Sabi ni Luke, tattoo pa kaya? Puro naman mga Bible verses ang pinapatato ko sa aking katawan, Dad. You get the point, mga kaibigan? If you recall your Exodus stories of how God was there for you when you absolutely had nothing, then you can face your Babylonian fears still confident that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, give your praise to the Lord, mga kapatid. And lastly, I pray that we exemplify joy and generosity even while in the middle of the chaotic times. Huwag nating wawalayin ang galak sa ating puso. Huwag nating wawalayin ang pagiging generous sa pagbibigay, sa pagsusuporta sa mga taong nangangailangan. Why? Because the Lord knows na kung medyo taghirap ang buhay, itong August month, ang tawag nila rito ay the ghost month. Tama no? The ghost month. Kaya maraming negosyante hindi nag invest pag August dahil wala raw bad feng shui. Maraming mga givers pag August nag-scrimp on their money kasi palipasin lang natin ng August sa September na ako magta-tights. Don't do that, my friend. We are not ruled by feng shui. We are ruled by the God of the universe. Amen? So even when chaotic times come, still be generous. Still give. Don't hold on. This is the time that you give more and more. Pastor Ed posted yesterday the number of PWD families na kanilang binibisita. After our uh, wheelchair giving here, ang ginagawa ni Pastor Ed along with the many volunteers of Lighthouse, kung sino man kayo, papurihan ng Diyos sa buhay ninyo mga kapatid. Thank you. But you know why they're able to do that? The church doesn't even have a big budget yet for this ministry. But our volunteers go there out of their own accord. 
Silang namamasahe, silang magdadala ng sasakyan, sila pang magdadala ng pagkain para lamang maministeran natin ang mga pamilya ng mga PWDs. My friends, even in chaotic times, you can still be generous. Come on, give praise to the Lord, mga kapatid. You can still be generous. Don't scrimp. I have one last testimony. When I was a young pastor, and Pastor Albert said, Okay, are you ready now for full time? And I said, Yes, Pastor Albert. And then he said, Pero Joe, wala kaming may bibigay sa'yo na malaking allowance. Medyo hirap pa ang church during the time. And when he mentioned the amount, napulunok na naman ako ng malaking laway dahil hindi ko mabubuhay ang pamilya ko sa binigay niyang allowance for me. But I already committed to God that I will give Him the best years of my life. And so I went. We were living here in Pilar. And one day, I realized Meralco bill was due, Manilad bill was due, and the rent was due. Yan ang pinag-uso natin, yan ang pinakaayo natin pangalan nun, yung pangalang Judith. Judith na ng Meralco, Judith na ng... Sorry, Sister Judith, ha? Judith na ng tubig, Judith na ng telepono, Judith na ng lahat. Lahat, Judith. Peace, Sister Judith. And then, the Lord gave a break. Pastor, she said, Pastor, meron akong gathering. Can you just preach the word? And I said, yes. So I went. And after I preached the word, as I was coming home, sakay ulit ng tricycle. I didn't have a car at the time. She handed me an envelope. And it was a generous love gift. Thank God for people who are generous. So when I went home, I told the family, nag-meeting kami mga bata. Sabi ko, oh, may pambayad na tayo. Sa mga Judith. But then, an hour later, I had this very powerful impression in my heart. That amount is not for you. I rebuked the thought right away. I rebuked that in Jesus' name. Because this is for me. This was given for me. Andaming Judith. This amount is not for you. Give it away. You know what? Before my normal mind could debate, I said, Okay, Lord, give me right now a picture in my mind. Sinong nangangailangan ng pera nito? And instantly, the name of three pastors came to my brain. Pang, pang, pang. And before I could think, texted the pastor. It was already about 8 o'clock in the evening. Bro, gising ka pa ba? Bro, gising ka pa ba? Tatlong pastor. I was praying, sana tulog na. Lahat, yes bro, why? Sabi ko, on my way to your house. Nilakad ko lang yun. Yung cash na binigay sa akin, dinivide by three ko, gave it to them. With a smile. Para sa'yo, sabi ni Lord. Para sa'yo, sabi ni Lord. Nung naubos na, nung pauwi na ako, sabi ko, Lord, wag naman ganun, Lord. <laughs> but now, it was gone. But that was one of the greatest breakthroughs I've ever experienced in my life. Because the relief, the joy, na yes, may mga Judith, may mga Judith, may mga juice, may mga babayaran, mga kapatid. But the Lord impressed me that the more people, other people need this more than I do. You know what? That, those bills were still paid on time. The Lord provided. 
in other ways. But that night, the Lord gave me Psalm 126. That Psalm that says, Those who go out sowing in tears will come reaping with joy. Oh, hallelujah. Habang nagsosow ako, Pastor, para sa'yo, hindi ko pwedeng ipakitang ako yung miyak. Pero sa totoo lang, Lord, akin to eh. Akin to, Lord eh. Oh. Sabi mo, Lord, akin to. But the Lord says, sow it. Sow in tears. But you see, that was my earliest days of being a pastor. 20 years have come and gone. I can attest unto you. The Lord has subjected me to so many of those tests again and again and again. Literal, isusubo na lang namin ni Rose. Sasabihin ng misis ko, My love, wag na lang muna tayong lumabas. Kasi gusto kong padalan, i-gcash siya ganito. May impress si Lord sa kanyang tao. Nakagayak na kami. Sige na nga, magbukas na lang ng sardinas at Jocelyn. And off the money goes. But the more you sow into the kingdom, the more you be sensitive to the needs of those that are less privileged than you, the more you realize God is a God of abundance. God is a God that supplies the needs of His people. Amen? That's why Habakkuk would say, although, look at the travail of Habakkuk, no figs, no grapes, no olives, no food, no sheep, no cattle, but still, Habakkuk would say, I will rejoice. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Oh, mga kapatid, give your praise to the Lord ngayong araw. I believe that's how the Lord would want this series to be ended. The Lord would want us to realize this is not crunch time for the people of God. This is miracle time for the people of God. If you would like to behold the miracles of the Lord, don't take it just because of my testimony, but take it from the Word of God. Habakkuk says, I will rejoice in God my Savior. I will, I will be joyful in Him. One last story. In my missions class, in my master's degree, we, we read about Alan Francis Gardiner. He was a missionary, 1794 and 1851. You can Google him later. And you will be astounded by the extent of his missions work. He started working as a missionary at age 20. He died about 40 years old. But in less than 20 years, he was able to establish ministries in Africa, in India, and most of South America. He was a man on a mission. But in the course of his missions work, his wife died because of an illness. I think two of his five children died because of an illness. He was forced to give away three more of his children to families, to relatives for adoption so that he could be free to preach the Word of God in those nations that haven't heard of the Word of God yet. But in 1851, he was boarded on a ship and they got shipwrecked in one of those islands in the southern tip of South America. Sa tip ng Argentina sa ilalim, in one island. They were shipwrecked, and the ration of the food that was in the ship was not salvaged. And so they knew if they would not be rescued, kung hindi sila rescue, they would die of starvation. But in all of these times of waiting, 
Alan Gardiner kept on writing on his journal. It's day three with no food. God is good that I still feel don't the hunger. That's not toxic positivity. That's worship. This is day five of no food. Thank God rain came today. And we were able to drink. Yun ang mga laman ng kanyang journal. Day 10. Water lang ang ininom, but no food. He, he wrote in his journal, Death is near. And I am excited that my rest from my labors will soon come and I will behold the face of Jesus. Imagine, situate yourself in Alan Gardner's life. Hungry, thirsty, initiated. Day number 13. Sa eight na nag-survive, seven already died. It was him all alone. Seven of my compatriots are now dead. It's now me, all alone. And yet he said in his journal, but I'm not alone. I sense the overwhelming presence of God around me. In an island all by himself, with dead friends all around him, he could still worship the Lord. He died. The rescuers came 21 days late. So naagnas na ang kanyang katawan nung na, natagpuan sila ng mga rescuers. But the rescuers found his diary. And that's why yung diary na yun has been stored for the sake of the missionaries. But in one of the entries, probably a few days before he died, May 8th of 1851, he said, The Lord who gave may surely take the bruised reed, he will not break. He knows we are but dust. The oil and meal alike may fail. The whelming storm may long prevail. Yet on his promise, we will trust. Then come what may, we'll humbly wait. His arm was never bared too late. The promise will not, cannot fail. Though dark the night, the morn will break. His own, the Lord, will not forsake. The prayer of faith shall yet prevail and we shall deem the trial of sweet that laid us waiting at His feet. He's a man who understood, just like Habakkuk did, that the sovereign Lord is His strength. The Sovereign Lord is the one that makes His feet like the feet of the deer. The Sovereign Lord is the one that enables Him to go on the heights. Alan Gardiner was a man who knew the power of communion with God, of connection with God, who believed in the prospect and the promise of coronation. And that's why in the midst of hunger and dehydration and death, he faced it in grace. Hallelujah! One, lift up your loudest praise unto the Lord today. Lift up your shouts of praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah! How great you are, Lord! How great you are! 
our strength, Lord. You enable us, Lord, to go to the heights. Lord, salamat po sa nakalipas na tatlong linggo. Nadinala niyo po ang inyong mga anak sa isang pagsasaliksik at pag-aaral sa inyong mga banal na salita. At ang bawat pahina ng Habakkuk, Panginoon, ay kinamit po ninyo to minister to our souls. And today, Lord, as we exit this place, we are carrying with us, Lord, such a confidence that the same God who answered Habakkuk, the same God who sustained your people in the early years of Christendom, you are the same Father who watches over us. You are the same Father who is very much familiar with all our ways. And you will never ever allow your children to be forsaken. Tangay-tangay namin, Lord, ang regalo ng pananampalataya ninyong binigay sa amin sa pamamagitan ninyong anak na si Jesus. At sa kapangyarihan ng banal na Espiritu. Alam namin, Lord, that together with all the saints living and those who have passed on ahead of us, we are going to have this great communion with you in the heavenlies. And today, Lord, we know that you are interceding for us when we are weak. And that's why we know, Lord, we are never going to be alone. And one day, Lord, you're going to allow your children to hear your voice, good and faithful servant. Well done. Come into the joy of your master. And on that day, Lord, we will receive our crowns of righteousness. But even as we wait right now, Lord, we wait in faith. We turn our wounds and our wins into worship. We give back unto you, Lord, all our unanswered questions, trusting, Lord, that even though our eyes may not see the answers, our hearts and our spirits already have received the greatest consolation of all, and that is you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so together with Habakkuk, we declare, though the fig tree does not bond, oh, though there may be no food, though there may be no grape in the vine, though the olive crops fail, though the fields produce no food, though there may be no sheep in the pen, though there may be no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in God my Savior, I will be joyful in my God who strengthens me and gives me and enables me like the feet of the deer. And because of your grace, Lord, I can go on the heights proclaiming your glory, your victory, your honor, and your praises. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lift up your hands now, church. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto all of you. May the Lord lift His countenance towards all of us. May the Lord grant us His peace. As we declare, Lord, You are our strength forever. How great is our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone will say, Amen. Give someone a hug today. I'll see you next Sunday.